Anything exciting going on? At least there's not another hurricane coming towards your house like there is Liza's. That's true. True. That's this is the, this is the highlight of my world. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. I figured it was. All right. You're you're welcome. I have a question for Tony and them because our leaves are starting to turn, turn colors. Are y'all's leaves <gasps> started changing? No. They what? are changing, but it's not um, it's not in full effect yet. If you went up north to like Maine or New Hampshire or Vermont, they'd be uh, probably like peak fall colors right now. We've probably got another week or two before it, it hits us down here. So I learned the term leaf peepers this year, and now I'm kind of excited about it. Is that what they call them where you are? They do. Leaf peepers drive incredibly slow on back roads and just make things a nightmare. Oh, Okay. Well, I was lucky enough to go to Boston one time, like the week before Thanksgiving, and the leaves were still showing some color. They were fading, but it was still beautiful. That's like a bucket list for me. I want to go up there and be a leaf peeper and drive the back roads and make Tony crazy and see all these leaves. I just, that's a bucket list for me. So I'll tell you the, the really cool thing right now in this day and age is that uh, a lot of people are taking their drones out. And uh, I've seen some really cool drone photos from, you know, Vermont uh, where the leaves are changing. And it's it's just, it's a different perspective because you're not seeing it from, you know, the aspect of your your passenger seat in your your car. You're seeing these trees from, you know, 75 feet up and you, you see so much and it's so vibrant. It's very cool. I get bored of it. <laughs> Do you <What>? really? <laughs> because it, fall means that it's going to get colder, snow's coming, yeah. and it's not as much... The sunlight isn't out, especially then once when, you know, the time change happens. I mean, it gets to the point where, although I'm not going into work every day, but like when I was going into work, you wouldn't see sunlight. You would go in at night and then by the time you leave, it's dark. So you never see the sun like from November through February. It gets really dreary here, like around January. And just stays like that for like two months. And then I'll complain to my friends who live up north and they'll be like, shut up. (laughs) We have four feet of snow on the ground. (laughs) So, yeah, still, I don't, I don't enjoy either month. I uh, get all excited through Christmas and everything. And then it's like, it's not exciting. So yeah, winter after like Christmas is nice. December yeah. is nice, but once when that's over, it's just, especially for us up here, it's just a, yeah. a drag through till March. I've well, determined that I pretty much just need to move back to Guam. Oh, yeah, I bet it's nice there in January. You know, lowest temperature, 67 degrees, a nice tropical breeze, shorts year-round. That That's where yeah. I need to be. I get it. Well, I'm sitting here with the space heater on. So, you know, that, you know, where that, I mean, it's probably 70 degrees outside. So that explains me in a nutshell. Okay. So tonight, unrelated to the weather, we were going to talk about our favorite lands. And we decided there was enough to talk about, you know, one land in Disneyland and your favorite land in Disney World. So you can pick both coasts. Those are the only rules. 
even if we had rules, they'd be broken. So without further ado, I am going to turn this over to Tony. Tony, what is your favorite land in Walt Disney World and why? All right. In Walt Disney World, my favorite land is Liberty Square. Really? It is. Because you're patriotic? I am patriotic. Okay. Um, I, you know what? Cheryl told me that you have the American flag underwear. So I do. Not many people know that fact. Okay. Now everybody does. They do. All seven people who listen to the show. That's right. Um, but it's, it's the classic flag. It's the Betsy Ross flag with, uh, you know, just a, a, a smaller star field. But that aside, Liberty Square is my favorite land. I did not pick Galaxy's Edge because I have yet to experience that fully. I did not pick Pandora because I'm not a big fan of of Avatar. I think the ride's phenomenal. But as far as the overall land goes, it doesn't appeal to me. Liberty Square has a a touch of history. I think the theming is amazing. If you ever read the Imagineering Field Guides to the Magic Kingdom and you learn about, you know, the segment of the walkway that is supposed to be where the wastewater uh, was flowing in the streets because they obviously didn't have sewers in you know, the 1700s. So the section of the, the walkway that is, uh, you know, brown is where the sewage flowed. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yes. Did they just let it float through the streets? Is that what you're telling me? Because I thought it was bad enough when I learned that the French just threw it all in the Seine. You you emptied out your chamber pots uh, into the streets and let uh, nature take its course. Hmm. You know what's really fascinating? Centuries old plumbing stories. But yes. again, let's continue. Yes. It's um it's, and it's authentic. It is, <laughs> it is authentic. Liberty Square is home to uh, Liberty Tree Tavern, which when I was younger and Cheryl and I used to go to Disney, we've we had quite a, a few number of fun meals at Liberty Tree Tavern when it used to be a uh, character meal. Oh god. Uh, Did you was this without the kids or with? Oh, this, with? this was without the kids. Oh, that's adorable, actually. Okay. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm still a big fan of that meal because they just bring you family platters of meat. And, you know, meat is never bad. No. So, well, uh, unless it's your vegetarian. That is true. I'm also a big fan of Columbia Harbor House as a, as a quick service location. And I'm a, I'm a huge fan of uh, the Haunted Mansion. And the Haunted Mansion kind of, you know, is the reason that I, uh, that I chose Liberty Square. And I'm not even counting Sleepy Hollow for snacks. You know, yeah. everything with a waffle, you know, so it, it, it's just it's quaint. Uh, it just it harkens back to colonial times. You know, I do like history. And, and that's I, I know it's not what you expected from me. I know you expected something, you know, a flashy land, maybe maybe mm-hmm. Galaxy's Edge. I did. That's what I thought. But, uh, you know, my, my first exposure to a kid uh, or as a kid, you know, was the Magic Kingdom. And that's all that was there. Uh, Epcot wasn't built yet. You know, you, I, I always go back to the to the classic, to the original. Okay. Any thoughts on this? Anyone else have thoughts? Did you uh, mention it, the stores, Tony? You know, I'm not a big shopper, but, uh, you know, any anytime you can buy Christmas items uh, around the year, and that they do have the Christmas sh- shop in uh, Liberty Square, uh, as well as the little section where you can get your silhouettes done. I, I don't know why I'm a big fan of the silhouettes, but, uh, you know, I, I think that as a, as a Disney fan, that's a staple that everyone should have is is a silhouette done of your children and of yourself. And and I think I've still got the silhouette somewhere from when I visited Disneyland with my parents in the uh, early 70s. 
Oh, that's sweet. I've got one of Parker and I cherish it. And I bought it for, you know, all the grandparents and everything. So it's in everyone's house. The silhouette is such a a simple souvenir. And, you know, you watch them. It's just it's nothing more than scissors and a piece of paper. And, you know, I don't have an artistic bone in my body. So if you gave me scissors and a piece of paper, it would come out nothing like what these artists are able to create just by looking at your profile. And it's just, it's amazing. When we first did it and he started cutting, I wanted to say, wait, aren't you supposed to be drawing? I didn't realize they just cut it out of black sheet of paper. Right. uh, Yeah, I was stunned. (laughs) So I've never done that. This is another one of those things that I didn't do with my kids that I hear other Disney, you know, like Disney families basically have done. And I'm like, Really? How did I not know to go have that done? But I don't know that my kids would have sat still for that, to be honest. It's on the other side of the shops. You can miss it easily. The shop that it's mostly on the other side of is the Christmas shop, which everybody loves. Yeah, it's it's right by the Tiana, Princess Tiana meet and greet section. Yeah. I have to tell you that that Christmas shop, I don't care what time of year, I have to go in there. Even if I almost never buy anything, like I might buy something once a year. But every trip I will go in there, I love the way it smells. Oh, yeah. It just smells so good. And I am obsessed with Christmas. So they have some cute ones out. By the way, if you haven't been in the last couple of months since they got rid of some of the old merchandise from before the pandemic, some of those new ornaments are some of the nicest ones I've seen them put out. So save your money, go get a cute ornament. Do any of y'all have the big Mickey ear ball? You know, did y'all, yeah. have y'all ever bought that over the years and oh, had yeah. it personalized? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love those. Yeah. I did yep. that for our last Christmas trip. I got us one and then we were with oh. another family. So I got them one with like our names on oh, it. I remember it. that. Yeah. 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 And they, they misspelled, um, oh, they misspelled a name. I, you know, sent them a thing. I says, look, it's misspelled. And then they fixed it, but they misspelled another name that wasn't misspelled the first time. So I told them, hey, you guys fixed the one problem, but you made another problem. So they sent me another one. So I ended up getting three of them. Adam, what's your favorite land? Well, I had trouble because I have too many favorites. So we're sticking in Walt Disney World. I have to say my... Well, for now, you can have a Walt Disney or a Disneyland one, of course, later. Okay. Uh... If you're good. (laughs) My favorite, as of this second, is Africa at Animal Kingdom. Mm, nice. I've never been to Africa, and I don't want to like call all of Africa looking like this. I understand it's like Joe Rody says it's like representations of different areas, and they try to do the best they can to blend it all together because Africa is a big continent with a lot of different cultures, and they try doing the best. So that's what I'm going for here. Kilimanjaro Safari is great, obviously. They got great food, Tusker House, and it's the um, the character meal, which isn't a character meal right now. Harambe Market is a fantastic addition, and of course, Festival of the Lion King, and they've got a bunch of tours. The Rhino Tour, the Elephant Tour, and the Wild Africa Truck Tour, all in that one area. You make really valid points, because when you think about that area, you don't really think about how much is in that small section of the park. There's really a lot to do. Yes, and Adam, you took mine, so I'm going to just (laughs) jump on and piggyback some of the things I like here. I love, also, they have the baked goods things, you know, that they have at every park. 
but that's hidden back in that gift shop to the right at the far back to the right. Oh, what's it called? Y'all know where I'm talking about? I do. Cause they used to sell the poop candy there and it was really disgusting. Yes. Well, I've, I've never tried poop candy, but I love those big chocolate chip cookies with the peanut butter chunks in it. Mm-hmm. And you can get those back in that gift shop. If you just keep walking on back, there's the little baked goods area with, you know, all the Rice Krispie treats and all that stuff. And so I'm able to get that. I, I buy that cookie at almost every park. So that's where it's hidden back there. Plus, you can also get Dole Whips in Africa. Say what? Yeah, yeah. I don't I, I like to stick my dole whips to Adventureland. I don't like to Okay. You're a purist. Yeah. You're well, but you can. You can get the dole whip ice cream. You can't get the float, but you can get the whips. Is it Tamu Tamu refreshments? Yes. And you can get it spiked with rum even. So anyway. But the yes. one thing I really loved back there and they got rid of were the singers, the performers, the drummers. Barunka, Barunkita, was it called? Barakita. Yeah, I can never pronounce it, but they were great. And they got rid of them before COVID, which is really upsetting. Yeah, it was well before that. I was really surprised. I mean, when they did replace it with some singers, there were singers there. Um, The last time I was in that park before COVID, but yeah, it's definitely not like the same energy or the same show. Yeah, that performance group just brought so much life to Africa. It was like, because you could hear it before you even walked over the bridge, and then you would mm-hmm. get over, and um, there was just so much happiness in the air with it. I don't know, yeah. We need to bring back a lot of happiness. You know, hey, I, I'm, I'm on you a know, bring back the happiness kick. I think, you know, and, and there were, and this is totally unrelated, but, you know, everybody knows there were a ton of layoffs recently. Don't you think that as soon as things get back to normal, we'll start seeing more things like that coming back? Maybe I not. Don't. You don't think so? Oh, I do. Oh, Tony. No. Nope. I do. Tony's a negative Nancy. Did they bring back Nancy. off kilter? Did they bring back the candy oh, lady from well, Japan? I'm going to tell you a little story here without telling you a little story. <laughs> There's a very good reason why off kilter didn't come back and it doesn't have everything to do with Disney. And that's all I'll say. Um, they didn't do anything wrong, by the way. There were just negotiations that didn't work out. So they replaced off kilter with that log band or, or the logging show, which I lasted hated eight that. months. And yeah. then they had the Canadian, like they were from Quebec, that band. They were okay. You know, I'm being yeah. nice. Rachel, I'm going to go to you. I know that you kind of talked during Adams, but do you have another runner up? I do have a runner state? up, but I have a question for yes. clarification. Am I allowed to pick a country? Does a country start, or is Epcot off the table? You know what? Pick a country. You can do whatever you want. Okay. Oh, but then I don't know. Then I feel like I'm cheating on certain countries. I'm going to stay away from the countries. Okay, never mind. Okay, I got it. I'm going to go with Toy Story Land. Oh, you took mine. Oh, I'm That's so okay. sorry. But I, I love the fun of that land. I love the happiness of that land. I love the colors. You know, it's like a Crayola box. It's the primary colors. It's everything about it is just happiness, except for the minimal seating at the restaurant. They need more seating. They should have, they could have done so much more with that land. And I think they probably, surely they regret not going bigger with it because it is so fabulous. 
but food at the little, what is it, Andy's lunchbox, it's good, but there's not enough seating. But it, the seating is adorable. You know, you sit on like the little Baybell cheese benches, right? And that's yeah. what that is. Mm-hmm. And it's just absolutely precious. I love when you get out of Toy Story Mania and you're walking and there's a straw holding up the lights for you to see. I mean, who thinks of that? So, um, yeah, I just and and I think all the rides are fun. I even love the little alien spin ride. What is that one called? Alien oh saucer swirl. Yes, swirling oh, swirling. Alien spinning oh, saucers. Yeah, I could just think of the acronym, and I was like, okay, we got to keep this PG. But, um, yes, yes, Alien Swirling Saucers. I even like that ride. I like that there are rides that wimps like me can do. Anyway, I just think it's wonderful, and I think it's too bad they didn't do more. I actually love that land as well. And I, for the same reasons, I mean, it's colorful, it's cheerful. You know, if I had to compare, you know, and say, well, which one do I connect with more, you know, that or Galaxy's Edge? Oh, it's totally Toy Story Land. And I love Star Wars, but I think that there's something about Toy Story Land that just makes me happy. I don't even, and I love those movies anyway. So I even like the third one that everybody hates with the strawberry bear. So um, anyway, but... <laughs> It, Wait, you know, you know what Wait I think minute. it is with, with Toy Story Land is everybody's, everyone is a kid and a lot of that land is universal, but then you get to like a Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and not everyone's into Star Trek. Oh, I have a Star Wars. <laughs> my gosh, my husband well, I was, I was thinking in my head, you know, there's Star Wars and Star Trek and, you know, that's mm-hmm. kind of like the dividing line. And, it really is. But, but the stuff with, with being a kid and, you know, everybody's done that in their backyard and set things up like, you know, like the layout of, of Andy's backyard. And we've all played with those same games. And, you know, it's just such a universal part of childhood here in uh, the States, you know, uh, I, I'm not going to say the, the, around the world because obviously, you know, it's it's not the same, but uh, a lot of the toys and experience that we, experiences that we've all had are kind of, you know, in the fabric of all of our lives. And I think that's why Toy Story, you know, hits on, on so many points and is such a great land. And I, if I could just request one other thing they do, I would love it if they would bring some of the other characters you know, like they don't have to be there every day, but have Mr. Potato Head show up, have Rex, have, you know, some of the different characters and not always be the same ones. I mean, they have Lotso, you know, Lotso comes out at special parties, have him come out. And he's pretty cool because he actually smells. I don't think um, I've seen him in the park. Oh, he is. They had a DVC party there two years ago, maybe. And we got, we were, happened to be there then and got to go. And I mean, he smelled like strawberries and he was the cuddliest thing to like, you know, big hug. <laughs> Not that that's I so cuddle funny. with the characters. I mean, that's hey, kind of it's okay. But yeah. But I just think it, there are so many fabulous characters that they could rotate some in, except for Bo Peep. Bo Peep gives me the creep. Yeah. And she's always there too. Like yeah. with Woody. So yeah, I don't like Bo Peep either that much. It's the it's the mask, you know, it's the face. It's kind of creepy. Yeah, it's a great land. They did an amazing job. It was totally like, I remember when they were putting it in and I waited all stinking day. They had a media event and they were like, okay, we're not going to open it. But then this one little cast member came out and she was really young and she goes, guys, 
if you just wait, they're going to open it in a couple hours. And she was right. We got to go in. There was hardly anyone there because everyone had lost hope and left. It was the best thing ever. And uh, yeah, it was amazing. So, however, that was my land that I chose. And now I'm sad because now I have to pick another one. I'm going to go with the obvious. I'm going to go with Galaxy's Edge. I, th- I think they did an amazing job. I like the food there. I think Docking Bay 7 is one of the best places to get like a quick service lunch or even dinner. You just have to be a little more open-minded because some of the names are weird. Uh, Even, you know, they did change the menu a little bit, but they're still kind of strange. There's tons of stuff to do. You could literally spend the entire day there. And I think that Millennium Falcon is a phenomenal ride. And of course, Rise of the Resistance, probably the best ride in the parks right now. I guess I would have to go with that. Nerd. (laughs) <laughs> well i know i mean it's it's i think it's a great land i mean it's kind of also an obvious choice you know i mean everybody's makes a beeline for it it's turned hollywood studios into kind of a a busy busy park right now but i mean those two lands really make it worth going and then to top it off you get to go on mickey's runaway railway uh star tours there's a lot to do in that park right now even without the shows going and Galaxy's Edge, I, I don't want to say phase two, but, you know, there's still a lot of components that were promised uh, that they've never delivered on. A lot of that is that, you know, there were supposed to be residents of Batu interacting with guests around the park, uh, around the land. Uh, you get that a little bit with Kylo Ren and the Stormtroopers. Um but, you know, if you remember, you were you were supposed to be flying on the Millennium Falcon and then the bartender in, in Oga's Cantina was supposed to talk to you based on how your performance was. And, you know, because it was linked to your magic band and, and there was supposed to be some interactive elements that just never developed. And there were supposed to be droids throughout the land. Well, um, don't forget that job of the hut meet and greet where he's supposed to lick your face. Uh, that's I always mean, a favorite. I was so disappointed that that wasn't open. Right. That is phase three, I believe. Okay. Um, good to know. Thank you for that inside intel. Right. But there's, but there's so much more that, that as a Star Wars fan, I was excited to hear about. And it, it you know, to date, it has not yet, it has not yet come to come to be. So I, I think there's still some room for growth in the land, and uh, I hope that we get it. Okay. I might have spent the most expensive five hours ever in Star Wars land. <laughs> okay, this story makes me sad. <laughs> I know I know this story. Go ahead. I renewed my pass in August because I was going to be in there in September, like the second week of September for a universal training. And I... Came in the night before. My son had a thing at church, so I didn't. I wasn't able to arrive until like midnight at night. Got to my room, got up at five o'clock in the morning, went to Galaxy's Edge, and I had to leave there by eleven. So it's in the park at six, out at eleven with my annual pass, and I was going. I had two other trips planned. I had one for April for the Star Wars run, and then I had another one for July, and both got canceled. So I had I had to cancel my annual pass, and I'm still waiting for my refund. Oh, but yeah. I'm prepared for the fact, because I don't know what they're going to give me, but I'm hoping they give me a full one. But if not, that might be the most expensive five hours ever spent at Disney World. So anyway, I need y'all to cross your toes and fingers, legs, whatever you cross for me that um, I did not spend the most expensive five hours ever at Galaxy's Edge. Do you know what's weird is 
So I tried to cancel my Disneyland, Disney World combo pass and it didn't work. And now I'm just holding out hope that it will like keep going because they just keep extending it. You know, like every week it seems like it goes boop, 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 because even though world is open, they keep extending it for land. So I'm like, oh yeah, you know, that's okay. But yeah, I spent like an hour on the phone trying to, you know, to cancel it because I had another pass on my my Disney experience, but it, it didn't work. So I think there's a lot of that going on. I mean, it's just really hard right now for everybody, you know, to yeah. keep up with things and, and, you know, hopefully your pass will be refunded. So I know I was supposed to find out in September, but oh my goodness. Yes. I haven't found out yet. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, maybe Adam can, you know, Adam's in the know he's on Twitter. Maybe he can help you. Adam, get cracking on that. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Adam. All right. We're going to move over to Disneyland. Now I'm going to go first. I'm going to be totally greedy and go first, but none of you are going to pick this. So obviously I love Cars Land. And, and I mean, honestly, Disney California Adventure is my second favorite park anywhere. But I have to say, if I had to pick one, it would be New Orleans Square in the Disneyland Park. I love New Orleans Square. You've got Club 33, which no one will let me go to for some reason. You have to be a member. But I did get to go there twice in the past. And that was like, you know, that's for Disney fans. That's a Disney bucket list experience. And I got to go there before the refurbishment. So that was, I think, extra special because I don't necessarily like the refurbishment. So you've got that. You've got Pirates. Phenomenal ride. You've got Cafe Orleans with the best fries anywhere. Those truffle fries are amazing. They're not actually truffle fries. They're, uh, Adam, what are they? They're like Parmesan, garlic Parmesan fries. And you just have the little shops and the decorations. This is fun to walk around. I love that part of the park. That would be my favorite. You I'm very upset that, that you took mine. <gasps> Get out. How is that even possible? I, I don't know. I, I would have thought you would have been something more manly, to be honest. Well, perhaps I will. Okay. All right. Let's go to you. Go ahead. All right. My second favorite California land happens to be Cars Land. I think that the first time I ever felt like I was walking into a movie screen was when we ate at Be Our Guest. And that was, you know, that that's kind of, I felt I was in Beast's Castle. And then I walked into Cars Land and I was completely blown away. I thought that I was actually walking into a film. The level of detail that they have put into it is amazing. You know, it is everything that the movie was and then some. The Cadillac Range which are the mountains that are comprised of, uh, you know, the back ends of Cadillacs is amazing. You know, the the rides, uh, you've got the Mater Spin, which is fun because, you know, who doesn't love Mater in all of his simple idiocy? You know, Luigi's tires, to, to see Luigi's in person, uh, it, it, it was it was amazing. I, I could have I could have spent easily an entire day just just hanging out in cars land so I, I think that imagineering really nailed that aspect of film realism and I, I i don't think there's a land in any disney park that matches the level of detail that they that they put into into cars land that's a hundred percent true i agree even more so than galaxy's edge and maybe it's just because Everything in Cars Land is kind of familiar, whereas Galaxy's Edge is like a whole different story. But I just, it's amazing. I think like you, I could literally spend the whole day there. And the cool thing about it is that 
it's different at night. Like you yes. go there during the day and it's like being in the movie, but then you go there at night. It's like a, it's like a big Christmas tree. You know, you've got all the neon and you've got the lighting on the mountains. It is phenomenal. I mean, not to steal from another movie, but it's, it's a whole new world. At, it at is. Night. Yeah, um, it really is. You got the same thing going on in Pandora where mm. daytime it's one park, nighttime it's another park. Uh, yeah, just, but, you know, I just don't, it just doesn't do it for me the way Cars Land does, though. E exactly. Cars Land it, just kicks it up a notch. It, it's all mm -hmm. neon, you know, the, the neon lights that, you know, we're so familiar with from advertising and, you know. Or, or you just, are because you're um, from that era. Chris, you will be familiar with Pan, you will be familiar with Pandora once when Avatar 18 comes out next year, so. <laughs> is that, is, is, it's like. Okay, how many Avatar movies have there been? There's been two? One. <laughs> One, okay. One. Because I, I just heard they wrapped up filming of three, and I was like, wait a minute, was there a two? <laughs> oh, they did two and three at the same time filming. Okay. Oh, or most okay. of it, yeah. How generous yeah. of them. <laughs> three, three is like 95% done right now. Okay, yeah. I don't, then, I don't even care. Like, they could have Chris Evans shirtless the entire time. Okay, then I'd watch it. No, it was As long as he's face. not painted blue. Hemsworth. Um, oh, was Hemsworth in there? Yeah. Yeah, he's Is shirtless. Really? No. Oh, okay, maybe. <laughs> no, they don't, have I don't even care. They don't have Australians in Pandora. Um, Do you know what? I heard he was one of the um, little guys you fly on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's a banshee. Cars Land is great because it's got the the cool big ride, but it's also got the two lesser rides yeah. that most likely, or I shouldn't say most likely, most of the time don't have long waits. So it's got that balance. Yeah. Whereas like Galaxy's Edge doesn't have that. It's got the the one ride with the long line. And it's got the other ride with the line you can't even get on because it's yeah, a, you got to get a boarding group and. If you don't get there right on time, you don't even get it. My only problem with Cars Land is, and I've said this many times, is it represents an area that is not in California, so it shouldn't be in California Adventure. In the movie... Are you sure it's not in California? Doesn't it kind of kind of like border California? It does in, in my mind. Even in the movie, Lightning McQueen says he's on his way to California, and he says that while he's in Radiator Springs. So it's implied that he is not in California yet. Maybe you he's always just very ruin everything. <laughs> he's very bad with a map, and he doesn't know that he's actually crossed the border. That could be it. I mean, can he even read? We don't even know that. <laughs> he's ignorant. And oh, it says. Wait a minute. I googled it. Radiator Springs is a fictional Arizona town, and Adam is a bummer. So that right. that borders California. Um, <laughs> Kind of, sort of. You know, I, I think that Radiator Springs Racers is an amazing ride. It's, uh, you know, test track on steroids. Um, and Adam did mention the two lesser rides, uh, one of which is Mater's Junkyard Jamboree. Now, I've complained about Universal for utilizing the same ride system for multiple rides. And now Disney has done that with um, Aliens uh, Swirling Saucers. Uh, it, it, that and Mater are essentially the same ride. And then they've replicated that over in, in Japan with their new Baymax ride. But I think when you look at Mater versus the aliens, even though it's the same ride, it's completely different. And, and they've done a, they've done a phenomenal job, like distinguishing between those two rides uh, in their theming. 
and I, I I don't mind it as much as I do like I do with Universal, just kind of you know using the same thing. And I, I think with Universal, it's they're all the same ride, and they're all within a stone's throw of each other. Whereas Disney's using the same ride system, but you're not going to go from you know the aliens over to Mater because they're on opposite ends of the country. You know the other problem with with Universal too is is there's not a good segue between any of the lands. It's just a jarring change, boom, 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 one after the other. And I think that even if Disney has things in the park that don't necessarily mesh or work, you do have like this sort of delineation between lands. Like even with Universal, the music kind of carries over from land to land, which is kind of weird. I don't know and, if that bothers you guys. It kind of drives me nuts. And I think that's just because each Disney park has its own larger theme, and then each individual land is supposed to fit within that larger theme. Yeah. Versus... Now, Islands of Adventure kind of... I haven't been there in a long time. Islands of Adventure probably does a better job of that, but... Universe two is I can understand what you're saying. That's true, about... and and you are correct, Adam. That uh, Islands does a much better job of it. Except yeah. where it comes to Harry Potter, then they blow everything Disney does out of the water. Sorry, but that's another story. Okie well, doke. I wanted to touch real quick on because I was also going to mention Cars Land, and one thing I wanted to throw in was this summer since we couldn't make it to Disney, uh, we actually um, last uh, spur of the moment planned a trip down route 66 and then went up into Colorado and Utah. And one of the places we got to go to was Shamrock, Texas. And that is where they have the Conoco station. That was the inspiration for Ramon's body shop. And, you know, they actually have Ramon's at cars land. And when you see the actual buildings and how well they're replicated, it, it was uh, honestly, I got teary-eyed because we got that we were there late at night, and we stepped out in the road to get a great picture because the building is so unique, and it was just—I don't know—you're like, oh my gosh, this is an am amazing place to see how well they replicated it in the movies and everything. And then um, we, so we loved it so much, we came back during the day on our way back through, so we could get pictures of it during the day. And so if you're ever traveling through Texas, um, I strongly encourage you to stop in Shamrock and see the gas station and the You Drop In Cafe. Sadly, they no longer serve food there, but there is a gift shop in it. If you're ever going through on route down I-40, it's worth a stop in Shamrock to stop there. And the other thing we did, too, was we did do Cadillac Ranch, which is what the Cadillac Range Mountains based off of. So anyway, just if you're, you happen to be going through Texas, there's a couple of things you can hit there. And then also like the, um, the big tech in the movie, I think in three with the horns on the car, you can see where the, that inspiration was also right there in Amarillo from the big tech and where you eat the big steak and you can, they have limos and they drive their guests around in these cars with the horns on the car. If you live in the middle of the country like I do and you can't make it out to the coast to go to Disney, you can go to Texas and get a little bit of Disney inspiration. Adam, what about you? Oh, Disneyland. <laughs> Did we wake you up? No, no, no. <laughs> this is where he gives his 14 favorite lands in Disneyland. Exactly. Yes. Adventureland is my favorite. Why? Because it has my favorite That's the ride. weirdest. Really? Yeah. The Tiki Room? Uh, well, I love the Tiki Room, but it's on a ride, Indiana Jones. Okay, you're right. It's not a ride, but still. Okay, uh, that's an excellent ride. Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jungle Cruise is great. Bengal Barbecue, 
Tropical Hideaway is the new, like, extra Dole Whip stand, but it's not just, like, regular Dole Whips. It's got a whole bunch of different types of Dole Whips. And I like how, I mean, that land is 65 years old. So all of, or, you know, most of the plants there are 65 years old or older. So it's like a real jungle. It's great. And you don't see much of anything outside of that land when you're in there. Right. There's not a lot of visual intrusion, as they call it. I like how it's, like, small and kind of on top of each other. It just makes you feel more like you're, you know, in the jungle trying to get to a... Weird, New Orleans uh, Square. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like comparing that to Magic Kingdom's Adventureland, which is great, but it's got that gosh darn Aladdin ride right in the middle, yeah. which I can't stand. And it just doesn't fit at all. So I would say that one is my favorite, but I do want to give a... Can I say the one thing that bothers me about that Adventureland mm-hmm. is that it is it is very congested. I mean, it's pretty rare that you can walk through it and not feel like, you know, I don't, I don't know why it's always bottlenecked as you go into New Orleans Square or elsewhere. It just seems kind of a little congested. It is, but I think that adds to the the charmness of it. The charmness. If that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> this is charmness. <laughs> you millennials making up words. <laughs> All right. Okay. That's I just charmness. feel like. You could argue that Disneyland is always crowded regardless. So it's like people are like, it just seems like there's more people there because it's like skinnier. I I feel like the Disneyland park doesn't flow very well, but I've never really felt that like I've been there New Year's Eve and thought that it was okay. You know, I mean, it Mm. also was very exciting to be there and it was freezing cold. Ironically, you don't expect that. But yeah, I I don't know. I, I think that park doesn't ever feel as crowded as like Magic Kingdom in Florida, except, you know, there's like, they just, they just don't have the, you know, when they put it together, they didn't have, you know, the ability to think about, you know, moving people around the park. So it can, it can kind of be like that a lot. I wonder if having Galaxy's Edge and those entrances and exits and stuff has helped alleviate some of that maybe. Because you have like a whole huge area that's opened up now. Oh, yeah. Okay. Did you have another one? I would say um, Grizzly Peak at California Adventure. I have yet to go on Grizzly River Run because every time I'm there, it's closed because I've only been there. I've only been there. Yeah, in February when it's, they're doing the refurb. I just like how it looks with the hotel, Grand Californian behind it. It all blends together. The climbing area, which the name escapes me. I can't believe I forgot. Oh gosh, I know what you're talking about though. It's so much fun. Like even for grownups. Yeah, that, that's a great spot. And it's just, it's, you do not feel like you're in, I will. No. I don't think you feel like you're in a theme park when you're not in there. Not at you all. Definitely, you Is that feel the like Redwood you're in... Creek Challenge Trail? Yeah, 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 that's it. Have you done that, Tony? Yes, like parts of it, like yeah, not the whole thing. Yeah, it's cute. I, I love that. And, you know, they won't let grown-ups do the little uh, line, because <laughs> I've tried. But it, the rest of it you can do, like you can go up and climb it and go all the way through it. I love that section. Can I add an honorable mention just because you were disparaging it, Adam? I love Pixar Pier. <laughs> and I, I know you don't like it, but I think they have lots of cute little shops. They have the Lamplight Lounge, which has phenomenal food. And um, if I don't get out there and get more of those deviled eggs and those delicious lobster nachos, I don't know what's going to happen. They've got Toy Story Midway Mania, which is one of my favorite rides. 
and got all the little fun rides. You know, the, the Zephyr thing that goes around that you feel like you're going to fall out of. It's adorable. I love it. So the golden Zephyr that isn't golden. No, you're right. It's silver. That's a yeah. good observation. <laughs> yeah. I get in it. I don't want to say Twitter arguments, but it's my understanding. They call it that because it's the golden state and those ah. Zeph those, those Zephyrs were always silver. Like, you know, back when they used them in the twenties right. and thirties, I guess. And it kind of reflect the silver reflects the sunlight on it, which, which I get. I just feel like, I should have gone a different name, but that's just yeah. Me. It's kind of fun. I remember the first time I went on it with one of the kids. It was Thomas, and he was, you know, he's a skinny little thing anyway. And uh, we were both like, "Oh my gosh, we're gonna fall right out of it." So yeah, but it's super cute. And I just, I, I think there's a lot going on in there. I like the energy of that area. I like that little part of it. I don't know what it's called. Right before you get into like, oh gosh, it's right across from the Zephyr where they have little restaurants and little seating areas in the uh, Christmas time. They do the holiday stuff for, you know, like the Mexican American uh, holiday things, Board which are walk, cute. Boardwalk pizza in that area there. Yeah, that's all cute in there. So I can't let Adam disparage one of my favorite places <laughs> in that park. But it's I, just, I'm obsessed with that entire park. So It's just unfortunate. They had a real cool old-timey seaside pier, which yeah. California had, mm -hmm. and then they just kind of change it. I'm going to allow that because I agree with you 100% on that. Like I think I would have kept, kept it the way it was, but I don't think... I don't think I like it any less because it's Pixar Pier, if that makes sense. But I did, I'm, you know, I kind of like the way it was before. I don't, I don't want to disparage it because I just love that whole park. I, I'm like literally obsessed with that park. Okay. I think we're going to wrap it up. I'm going to turn it over to Tony to close out the show. Thanks, Chris. I'd like to remind our listeners that, as always, our podcast is sponsored by Main Street and More Travel. Check out their website, Main Street and More Travel, request a quote, and let Chris and her team help you plan a trip that will provide your family with the opportunity to pick your own favorite land. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search on Mouse and More Podcast. On behalf of Chris, Rachel, and Adam, this is Tony, and we are the Mouse and More Podcast. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.